here's my politics. Don't be a dick. Well, but I don't care if it's an R or a D. Just don't be an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Mean people suck. Welcome to episode 23 of Off the Charts, a stellar newscast. I'm Whitney McKnight, currently in West Palm Beach, Florida, because I'm homeless, but this is a good enough place for me to be for now. (laughs) And I am joined from New York by my colleague, co-host, and fellow astrologer, Elizabeth Grace. It's Groundhog Day! We're going to do this over and over again until we finally finally realize, (laughs) you know, we are the ones we've been looking for. It's also Imolk which is the origin of today being a holiday. It is the cross quarters, meaning it is directly the time in between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. So it's starting to get a little lighter. It's starting to get a little warmer. The buds are stirring. It is a time to remember to feel hope in your chest because the sun and the warmth, the freshness of spring will be here soon. It doesn't matter what the groundhog says. It doesn't matter because it's six weeks, no matter what. Anyway, we are both renegades from corporate media. We report and analyze the cosmic impulses behind the news. We offer an alternative to the corporate media model that manipulates you into working against your best interests. We bring you news from the ensouled universe where cycles within cycles suggest there is a greater consciousness enfolding us. It moves through us and around us. It's a larger intelligence that extends beyond what we could ever possibly imagine. Our goal is to change how you think about world events, helping you frame them so you can see there is order amidst the chaos and that trusting the universe and not the status quo is what gives you sanity. There's an astro logic driving this seemingly random chaos. If it's not happening in the, in the horoscope, it's not likely to be happening in the headlines. Which is our way of saying the stars impel, but they don't compel. So it's really fun because we, yeah. draw, we draw the correlations between what the stars are signaling it's time for, not yeah. what you should do. It just reminds you things are cycles. What goes around comes around. And that's really not just a trope. It's a truth. All right. Well, this is the first show of our second season. We are now at episode 23. We also are a weekly podcast. And on this episode, we are going to have more news from the Ensouled Universe. We have a new department of they, which we will get to and explain what that is in a little bit. And we're going to add a new editorial section. And then we'll end up with some announcements and comments from listeners. And as always, I am sure at some point, Elizabeth will burst into song. But for now, (laughs) what have you got? Charts in the news. Okay, what's going on right now? What's going on right now is that all of the planets are moving direct in motion. This is extraordinary. Uh, Mars and Mercury and Uranus are moving forward. They turned retrograde last, turned direct last month, and they are slowly getting back up to speed. Mars was very interesting uh, when it changed direction. It was doing so right on top of a planet in the horoscope of the United States, because countries have horoscopes. So Mars, the energy of action, was sitting right on top of the planet Uranus in the chart of the United States. So we would expect that last month, 
we would be dealing with a focus, like a car blaring, a car horn blaring on potentially reckless, shocking outbursts of aggression, and also calling attention to diversity. Uranus is a energy that is, you often see that planet um, active when there is a big flow of headlines, when people who are in the minorities. Well, no, just whatever's anti-status quo. Whatever the anti-status quo thing, right. When any Anything that is disrupting the, the status quo. So for example, over the weekend, the sun was trying Mars, Mercury was trying Uranus. And the headlines that came out as we approached the weekend called our attention to shocking Uranus violence Mars. For example, there was a video that was released of the attack on House uh, former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul. He was attacked by uh, a random dude with a hammer who, who thought he was doing something noble. Um, but wait, just make sure that you, you note that that attack happened back in October. It didn't as, happen this weekend. It happened in October under an eclipse. So there was no light from the moon. So something that was going on in plain sight, but we didn't get to see the actual video until Mars turned direct and the attack happened as Mars was turning retrograde. So it's very interesting that the attack happened as, as Mars was changing direction. And then the video comes out as Mars is once again, changing direction. And then we are focused on seeing what happened to, to Paul Pelosi. Well, before you get into more about the violence, I know you're going to um, recount something else. Yeah. I do make sure that our listeners, of which we have many new ones, so welcome. I want you to understand that when Elizabeth and I talk about planets moving backwards, it's not because we live in an alternate universe where, alternate universe where in our solar system, planets are like, yo, look, Ma, I can go... <laughs> No hands, and I can go backwards. It's just simply a trick of the eye, really. And it's an astronomical phenomenon, too. So you'll hear astronomers talking about it as well. It's just simply apparent retrograde motion. So standing here on Earth, if you look at the planets and you track them, you know, if you go out nightly and you look at the sky and you're like, oh, look at that, Mars, because you can see it. Mars is is this place every time when I look in the morning or in the evening at where Mars is. And then you go out and maybe you know, a month later, and you're like, hey, hang on a second, what happened? I would have expected it to go this way, but it looks like it's going that way. That is just simply because none of the planets in our solar system rotate around the sun at the same speed. So it's just a differential in speed. And sometimes, you know, when you're moving faster than somebody else, you go ahead of them, but it looks like they're actually going slower, you know, they're going backwards, but they're not. It's just that that difference in speed. And so astrologers see meaning in this because we look at uh, what's going on from our perspective on earth and we go, okay, whatever we're seeing from earth, even if it's an illusion, should have some relevance to our life experience. So for example, when Mars or Mercury, any planet moving backwards suggests an opportunity for review regarding whatever that planet symbolizes. So Mercury is moving backwards. You wanna review your thinking. You wanna make sure your computers are backed up. You wanna reorganize your closets. Mars is moving backwards. You wanna review your action plan. And you want to be especially careful that you do not lash out in frustrated anger because the energy of action when Mars is retrograde 
it's is like a truck spinning its wheels in the mud. So Mars changing direction last month should have been experienced as a focal point on issues of action, anger, courage. And in the United States, and as violence. I was saying, and, and, and violence, guns, you know, macho stuff. So um, what we expect in war. So what we what we've had last week, the leopard tanks. There was a lot of talk last last week in the news about countries in Europe who are going, you know what? We're going to send the leopard tanks to Ukraine. They're on the way. That's great. We expect that focus. A lot of talk about, you know, sending military support to Ukraine last week. Um, the Paul Pelosi video. Now we see exactly what happened. It was horrific. It was horribly violent. And we are focused on it. And that's in line with the planetary patterns. Right. We had another video that came out. Right. Also horrible. Tyree Nichols, a young man in uh, 29 years old, going through his first Saturn return, um, was beaten and kicked by at least five. And I think more officers are being held accountable for this, which is what's amazing about the story. But as a result of him being beaten, um, Mr. Nichols died and his funeral was yesterday. And, you know, wait, I want to stop you there. I want to bring this back to thinking about Uranus. First of all, I also want to clarify when you say that um, the transiting patterns of Mars um, are on top of the planet Uranus in the U.S. chart. There is a 2D representation of where all of the planets were in the moment where a person, a place, a thing was conceived and and brought to life. So that's what the natal chart is. It's a snapshot of where the planets were in their realities, right? Which are not 2D and which do not have Earth at the center. But because that's where we are, that's our perspective. So all of our charts are with us at the center. So yes, we know it's a heliocentric solar system, but we are looking at it from our perspective as the planets engage in primary motion with the sun, you know, the sun and the moon. So it just looks like everything's going from east to west and we're in the middle. Uh, when we say things like transiting Mars is on top of the United States's Uranus, what we mean is just if you were to line up the current chart of the moment against the chart of the United States, if you were to line them up exactly with each house on top of each house, and there are 12 houses, it would look like Mars was sitting on top of Uranus. So the pattern of light that was in operation at the moment that the United States became the United States, that pattern of light now is interacting with a pattern of light that is operating in the sky as the transits are in real time. So what we have is what Elizabeth is explaining where there's a lot of um, explosive energy, violent energy, and Uranus being um, shocking energy. So that's why we look at things and go, oh, it's not in the norm. So news about people who are not in the quote unquote norm come up or shocking levels of violence or something out of nowhere. Or in the case of Tyree Nichols, what are the implications going to be about this? Well, we'll find out because all of the officers who beat Tyree Nichols to death were black. Yes, that, that, that was something quite disruptive about this particular incident of, you know, uh, a, a black American citizen being assaulted and subsequently dying 
because they came into contact with it wasn't just as an assault it was savage no it was savage I, yeah it was it was savage and we, and we have the footage to to see it no it was absolutely savage you you really absolutely have no you just as like, was what? the attack on paul pelosi it was savage. it was savage okay and so that's what we're dealing with um that's but so you go okay we really need to look at this we need to look at this in our society we need to look at it in our culture the united states as we have said in other other um, episodes has an idealization of aggressive, assertive, heroic energy. And we have some major control issues. There are two patterns in the U.S. horoscope that we're going to be talking about when we talk about um, a new segment we have. But the United States has a controlling law and order square between the sun and Saturn that says follow the rules pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, work really, really hard, and that's how you get ahead. And then we have another pattern in our horoscope, Mars, the energy of action, which is square to Neptune, which represents dreams and idealization and myths. So we can idealize heroes, idealize soldiers, idealize cowboys, guns, etc. So that was captivating the news. And the other thing that came out of that is uh, Vice President Kamala Harris was at his funeral yesterday, and we made a prediction about how the vice president, because of what's going on in her horoscope in 2023, like she kind of disappeared in 2022 because in her horoscope, she had the planet Neptune, which is all about dissolving whatever it touches, making a contact, a challenging contact with her ascendant, how she needs to be seen. And so she, people were saying, well, where did she go? She's kind of disappeared. And all of a sudden she's being this, and the things that she does show up for have to do with Neptune themes, like suddenly she's in charge of Space Force. That's Neptune. Or (laughs) she's going down and she's being assigned the immigration problem right the how do we manage our borders how do we manage refugees which is porous which is which is right which is neptune neptune goes through so kamala harris making news as anticipated um and uh nikki haley making news as anticipated we've been saying she was going to be asserting herself uh into a powerful position right about now and she is announcing her run for president on february 15th and they announced that today i mean yesterday and today how's that going to go for her i mean she, she she's not going away let's put it this way she's not going away anytime soon so she'll be around but um I'd have to look more carefully on at her horoscope, which I'm not doing right now. Other than to say that 29 degrees Capricorn, sun, anoretic degree, the very last degree of Capricorn. And what's happening in her horoscope is that um, Pluto is going to be sitting right on top of that sun. So that's going to be amplifying her ambitions in the extreme. That's what we can expect from her. Um, she won't go lightly if she doesn't, go, if she doesn't go all the way, she ain't going to go. Um, she might not even go gracefully. <laughs> she's not going anywhere. She's not going anywhere. Yeah. And she's going to be around for a while. Well, speaking of not acting graciously or gracefully, <laughs> Ron DeSantis, <laughs> he's gone on the attack. There was a college board, an AP college board class in African-American studies that was introduced 
for Florida high school students if they wanted to take an AP class and they could get college credits and take it to their university and have some advanced education, thoughtful education in Florida high schools. And DeSantis nixed it. And what he said about it was really gross because he said it had no educational value to teach you know, to teach these subject matter, didn't want to be talking. He didn't want to, you know, so the college board blinked and they revised their course. College board is a profit enterprise and think billion dollars in profit by selling its AP classes. And um, so some of the things that got taken out of the, the class um, they just watered it down. You're not allowed to talk about Black Lives Matter. You're not allowed to talk about um, African American women feminism. You're not basically you're not allowed to talk about um, political movements that arose out of a need to inf- to get civil rights actually enforced the way that they were meant to be enforced by our laws. It's a history of the politics that have been necessary as a reaction to the fact that the civil laws that are meant to be enjoyed and protected for all in this country are not. And that's simply all it is. The college board, this is what they said. They said, they explain, quote, that they oppose indoctrination, unquote, what? And notes that, quote, AP students are not required to feel certain ways about themselves or the course content. So this, so it's very interesting that since we had last April, this conjunction of Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces. Pisces is all about feeling. Jupiter is going to expand feeling, empathy. So it offers an opportunity for people to have compassion for those who have been genuinely harmed, but it also expands an opportunity for people to say, I don't want to feel a certain way because I feel I'm being victimized because I'm being blamed for something that, you know, I didn't directly do or whatever it is. But, but so this, this focus on, I don't want to feel a certain way is reflective of planetary patterns. The other thing that uh, DeSantis did is that uh, there was, uh, they're, they're banning books. They're be- teachers are being told that in one County, they were told, you know, this is a felony if you have certain books in your classrooms that have not been approved by the the librarians. Right. And then, you know, that puts a crazy amount of responsibility on librarians who are just like, hey, man, I'm just doing my job. And then now I have to be a political operative. Yeah. So, so what planetary, so, what so planetary so, pattern so what does he have? About? So DeSantis has, DeSantis has a, conjunction in his horoscope between mercury in virgo got all the details high functioning super duper organized very idealistic because we see that it is sextile to venus in scorpio which is a mute sign and has its own particular unique code of honor and mercury is conjunct saturn control So this is a heavy, heavy, controlled mindset. And is he being triggered right now by patterns? Um, Mars is hovering at a square to that Mercury-Saturn opposition and Mercury-Saturn conjunction, but wasn't exact. Last year, Pluto, the energy of extremes, 
was squaring his Mars in Libra. The energy of action. This is so fascinating because he's such a provocative person, but the energy of action masquerading as someone who is avoiding conflict. That's what Mars and Libra, Mars and Libra, you know, in its highest form would become a warrior for peace and would be talking and be diplomatic. But what, in my experience, Mars and Libra is a challenging placement because the energy of action can become passive aggressive or, or do shocking things to avoid confronting something. And, you know, avoid conflicting or con- and avoid confronting something in yourself. It doesn't have to be an external conflict. It could be an internal conflict. Yeah. He does have a loose Sun-Neptune square. So there's another statement of idealism or illusion or, or, or not, nece- not perhaps. Or, not- or operating according to an ideal, whether or not that ideal is realistic for who he actually is. Yeah. And Uranus, I mean, there's a loose conjunction between Venus and Uranus, but it's seven, it's eight degrees. That's pretty wide. So you could argue that Uranus, which is the energy of, hey, I'm different from everybody else and I'm a disruptor, is is running wild in this horoscope without a lot of support. So what we see what's driving the bus with DeSantis is, is all of this Mercury-Saturn control. You know, I'm going to shut down, I'm going to shut down the press we're not going to have the press in my press conference because I don't like the stories they write about me. I'm going to control it. I'm just going to shut it down, put blinders on. We don't know what time he was born. And if he was born before noon, the, the earlier in the day he was born, the closer uh, the, his moon, which is in Aquarius, uh, where it needs to be appreciated for its unique social significance within the constructs of a group, the closer, the earlier in the day, if he's born early in the day, it's close to a square with Uranus, which is another is a marker for, hey, I'm going to do things my way. I'm not going to I'm you, you just you cannot you can't put me in a box. I may put everybody else in a box, but I'm going to do things my way and I'm different from everybody else. So the New York Times, which is well, having let's, let's, let me what? let me stop and let me explain to folks what the Department of They is. OK, so the Department of They as in they say, is our segment where we break down for you, our listeners, how you're being manipulated by the media, either directly or by those in power who are using the media to distort and distract us from the truth. So that's what we mean when we say the department of they. It's just simply, well, who are they? And why do they say what they say? That's what we're doing here. So go for it, Elizabeth. Okay, so the, so the New York Times, which... Uh, if you looked at its horoscope, because the New York Times has a horoscope, you know, when when was the first paper delivered? We could u- look at that date. The New York Times embraces the date when it first published its its first paper. They're very proud and they've written about the fact that they are a Virgo and they are a Virgo that's having Neptune oppose its Virgo sun. So all of this energy it brings to be discerning and perfect in how it brings you the news is kind of fogged up and they may lose their way. And and people have been saying this about the New York Times. Well, I love that they want to have everyone know they're a Virgo and then they just go and they shit all over astrology, every opportunity. In fact, we should be seeing that this week because of the square between Sun and Uranus. It's about time for the New York Times to, um, you know, they 
to drop one over the <laughs> exactly watch the headlines this week well we should see something about that so here's the headline that I, I, we've been talking about how DeSantis you know dissed this AP African Americans studies course saying it had no educational value I mean can you believe that could you believe that like who said uh, anyway so the headline in the New York Times is DeSantis takes on the education establishment and builds his brand. The Times transforms DeSantis' aggressive state-sponsored campaign of bigotry into a savvy brand-building venture by an edgy politician. That's how they're presenting it. What is the New York Times' objective? It's not really about the educational establishment. It's denying the rights of Black Americans. Now, you could make the case that there is some kind of an educational establishment that is being very um, tyrannical. I actually think that there's something to that. But that is not actually what's getting addressed here. Because, you know, when you read this earlier saying, you know, kids should not feel badly. It's not about what they feel. It's whether or not there's enough dialogue about what happened in our history. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know what the process is supposed to do. Like, here's the opening paragraph. Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, as he positions himself for a run for president next year, has become an increasingly vocal cultural culture warrior, vowing to take on liberal orthodoxy and its champions, whether they are at Disney, on Martha's Vineyard, or in the state's public libraries. Okay, this is the opening statement. What he did by flying refugees to Martha's Vineyard in the wintertime with only Fox News there to greet them. Mm-hmm. using taxpayer dollars, and they weren't even in Florida, they were from Texas, is being investigated for potential crimes. But the way right. the media, yeah. the New York Times is presenting this, it's just like, oh, this is totally normal. When you start normalizing these things, so you become inured to this, you don't even react anymore. When this becomes normal, it's like Chinese water torture. You're chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, and slowly dissolving your sensitivity to these things to be able to to push back and say, Hey, wait a minute. This is no, that's that's an excellent point. So yeah. So, so there's their deck, a proposal uh, of the Florida governor to overhaul higher education, yada, yada, yada. It may, yeah, it just makes it would eliminate what he he called quote ideological conformity. But you know, when you have one finger pointing at somebody else, there are always three fingers pointing back at you. It's the way they, it's the words they use to introduce the subject of their story. And for example, we talked, I mean, might've talked about it in the last episode um, with respect to George Santos. Okay. The fake, the fraudster from Queens who has somehow wiggled his way into a, a congressional seat representing the third congressional district in New York. And to see an ABC news tweet describing this person as the Republican lawmaker, First of all, he's never made a law in his life. As far as I can tell, he breaks them. And he's wanted in Brazil for a crime. Kevin McCarthy was on, I think it was Face the Nation over the weekend, and uh, you know, was asked these direct questions about why are you allowing this fraudster person to have a seat at the table? And he just deflected and deflected and didn't answer and didn't answer. And at the end of the interview, the reporter said, well, thank you. We'd love to have you back again. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's they're not normalized, reporting. They're normalizing. Yeah. Like if you didn't, if you didn't live, uh, you know, 10 miles away from his congressional district and see local news stories about him, which I do, um, you might not really know who this guy is. And so your first, you, you to have him painted in those terms, you know, the Republican, nom- Republican lawmaker. No, it's like the disgraced liar. Who re- The point is, is the media is not telling you what's really going on. And, and in doing this, we are harmed. So you have to do your own due diligence. Even but it's, if- it, but it's the headline that is the problem because the headline is yeah. the positioning statement. I mean, you right, do read exactly. the article and he says that he does, you know, the report does say things like DeSantis's attack on diversity, equity, and inclusion programs coincides with recent criticisms of such programs by conservative organizations and think tanks, think tanks. Okay. So, all right. So it's, we're me, he's being said that he's attacking these things, but, but the opening statement in the headline is so mild that you you would read it and it just it wouldn't register. So nothing would happen. Nobody's going to notice what's going on because they have eighty other thousand things to do. Right, and it, and it, and the article doesn't um, remind you of the perfidy. It doesn't remind you of the horrible way he has treated people that he doesn't deem to be worth hearing the story from. It sanitized DeSantis, and it doesn't remind you of you know what we have seen this before. We have seen this before. Let's go back to, you know, Germany in the early 30s and how they dealt with these issues. We need to be reminded, yes, this person is, this pattern is familiar and it didn't go very well. And if the press doesn't, you know, it's those who refuse to remember history are doomed to repeat it. This is the, this is where it is um, alarming the way the media is treating these things, because if you don't remind your readers of what happened before, and the people who experienced it are, you know, they're not around anymore, then we're going to be dealing with this again. But you have to remember that the media is a business and they want access. And so they're not going to come out swinging with in your face headlines about Ron DeSantis and the cruel, unkind, potentially illegal things that he has done so far. That's, I think, I mean, Yeah, let me just wrap that up because you nailed the whole reason we do the Department of Bay. It's because money and access, that is the reason why we have the corporate media model that we have. It always comes back to money, 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 power, power, power. So notwithstanding the many investigative reporters that are out there who are really good at their jobs and they are definitely there, their bosses and the model that we're operating within Corporate media, it's straight up driven by money and access. And that is what currency is, right? Currency is power and they want yours. So what's in current news really is your power. And their model of business is to keep your attention on whatever it is they want it on so they can take your power away from you and flow it towards them. And so what we hope with this show and with the Department of Bay is to clue you in that that's happening. And just remember that your power is your power and you don't have to believe what they're saying. And more and more, if you get skilled in understanding that they're not really telling you the truth or they're not telling you everything. I mean, what's true could be, you know, what she call alternate facts, but there's a bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah. There's always a bigger picture. So just remember that. Okay. Yep. Okay. And now Whitney's going to teach us something about the federal trade commission. (laughs) 
Oh, everybody just switched off. No, because Bye. we're going to tell you about its horoscope. For those of you still listening, <laughs> I just want you to know that you are in the company of a complete geek. And one of my passions is antitrust. <laughs> Okay, so, but I need to tell you why you should maybe at least make a little um, space in your brain for this too, because this is really important. And if you are somebody who had to sign a non-compete agreement in order to um, obtain your job or to stay employed, you definitely want to listen to this. Okay, and I have a question. Yeah, I have a question. Can you, for the folks at home, because this is how uninformed I was when I went to work at CNBC after working in network television and entertainment for like a million years. So I only knew like Seinfeld and ER. I mean, I knew television. I didn't, until I went in to CNBC, I didn't know a lot about things like what exactly is the Federal Trade Commission and why should we care? Just hearing that name, you think, what do they do? It sounds like maybe its focus is supposed to be on just business, the, the, the people who are the traders. It's supposed to be protecting us, just, you know, mom and pop podcasters. <laughs> it's supposed to be on our side. So I'll, I'll let me, let me, I'll go a little bit deeper. Okay. So in my former life, I was an antitrust reporter and my beat was covering federal and state law enforcement efforts to prevent citizens' rights from being eroded by corporations and particularly monopolies. And I have direct experience with the FTC as well as the Department of Justice. But my experience with the FTC is that it has no teeth, it has dentures, but you know, it's reluctant to stick those dentures in and bite somebody. <laughs> What's happening now is that because the labor supply is starting to get a little dicey, companies are making you sign non-competes. Now, once upon a time, a non-compete, if you were a, you know, a software developer, and you were a party to some sort of proprietary software development, that would make sense, right? If you're going to go work for another Silicon Valley company, the one that you work for now is not going to be very happy. And would you would make the case that they would have the right to protect their intellectual property by preventing you from going and working from a competitor. So, okay, so it's not like non-competes are inherently bad, but they're really being overplayed now. They are being used in fast food chains, because the labor supply has gotten so thin. If you go to work at Burger King, they will give you a title like chief welcome station operator. So you get this fancy title that then they say, and now you're going to have to sign a non-compete. Why? Because they've just finally think they're lucky stars that they've been able to hire somebody at, if you're lucky, $12 an hour to you know flip burgers. And if they, and if you as the worker find out that across the street at the other hamburger joint, you can get a little bit more per hour and maybe even a better healthcare plan, you're going to go over there. Oh, 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 no, you can't. You've signed a non-compete. Well, that just makes you an indentured servant because now you can't go someplace and go work where it's better for your own interests. And not because you've, if you did, you'd be bringing better information about how to flip a burger or whatever the industry. It's really silly how much the, the non-compete is being used. And what's happened now is the FTC has said, all right, I don't agree with that. This is fascinating. So how, how did it fly under the former guy? What was it doing that we might've known about? 
Well, not much, but okay. But that, <laughs> right, nothing. But there's there's a reason for that. That is strictly political, and and probably you know is reflected in this chart. The FTC busted Trump before he was uh, candidate Trump or President Trump. I guess it was actually as he was going into be- being candidate Trump because of the fraud that he perpetrated on thousands of people with his online Trump University. They, um, in their role as protector of citizens' rights, sh- found that he. But, you know, use deceptive practices to promise that these people were going to get a legitimate college degree and go on and do great things and be like him and have their own, you know, whatever. So the FTC fined him, busted him and basically called him a, a liar. So he didn't like them. And then when he got to be president, um, he was supposed to appoint the commissioners. There are five and one of them will be the chairman. So there's five that run it. And he just left the seats open. There was only one person for a while. And then um, a second one for a long time, nobody was running the FTC. It was just kind of hanging there. Trump is actually just part of a long line of um, presidents who've kind of, I I think that Obama probably um, used the FTC more aggressively than his predecessors, but I wouldn't actually say that Obama was um, the king of antitrust enforcement. I really wouldn't. And the reason for that is that there's this is that there's this kind of zeitgeist anyway that has taken over our antitrust laws since 1980. All right, first of all, I'm also going to tell you what antitrust means. Antitrust doesn't mean we're against truth or trust. It means we're against uh, bad competition. We're against things that make the marketplace deceptive. And the reason why we even call it antitrust, which just makes it confusing, is because when antitrust laws came into being in this country was during the industrial age, so the late 19th century, when a few really wealthy men whose names you are so familiar with, like Andrew Carnegie and John D. Rockefeller and Henry Frick and you know that kind of the usual suspects, they were buying up all the resources and they were basically concentrating all the power of progress and resources in the United States in their own hands. And they came up with what were called corporate trusts, where they just passed back and forth access to these resources. And if, you know, and they colluded. So if they were mad at one guy or whatever, and they didn't want the other guy to get um, the opportunity to expand his railroad tracks or his railroad company or whatever, then they prevented him from having access to what he would need, which would be the labor or the steel or the land or whatever. So this was starting to actually impact the United States's overall Uh, quality of life and also pretty much all of our policies, you know, and these are businessmen. These are not elected officials. So Teddy Roosevelt and a a few others, one of them being Louis Brandeis at the turn of the last century. So going into the 1900s, they were like, okay, we got to do something about this. And they passed, they helped Congress formulate and pass three very important and still to this day, key antitrust laws that are meant to protect you and me not corporations. And one from, of them was from monopolies. From, from, well, but from yeah. more than monopolies, also from unfair business practices, from right. unfair labor practices. Basically, antitrust enforcement is supposed to protect us as citizens. What I want to do to set this up is just read the current mission statement on its website, okay? Just to set up the horoscope of the FTC, which was created by law on September 26, 1914. In Washington, D.C., we're using a noon chart for it. Yeah. Our mission is protecting consumers and competition by preventing anti-competitive, 
deceptive, and unfair business practices through law enforcement, advocacy, and education without unduly burdening legitimate business activity, which of course raises the question, who decides what that is? But we've hit some buzzwords on, we've already hit some buzzwords. And if you are a little, you speak a little language of astrology here, you are listening to somebody said unfair. That sounds like a Libra thing. Somebody said deceptive. Huh? Neptune. Hmm. Law enforcement. Huh? Saturn. Yes, indeed. You know that these things, if you're thinking, I know I'm going to see this stuff in this horoscope for the moment this thing was founded, you would be right. So we go to the chart, we look at this chart, and we will link this chart. And this is so cool. Astrology is so amazing. (laughs) The sun will come out tomorrow, and it's in Libra. Looking to be fair, looking to be people-pleasing, has this intellectual both-sides approach. Oh, God, it's a regulatory agency, and it has to see both sides. Oh, God, that could be a problem. It could be a problem. It could be a problem. How do you know it's fair? So the sun, here it is, is in Libra. Mars, the energy of action, is in Libra. When it takes action, it needs to be like a little tippy-toe iron fist in a velvet glove. Oh, my God but we don't want to create too much conflict. Mercury, how this thing needs to think is in Libra. Okay, so we can look at the law and figure it out, but we always see both sides. It is amazing to me that like the horoscope of the United States, the Federal Trade Commission has the sun square Saturn. Just like the horoscope of the United States, there is already some guilt and obligation and hard work hardwired into this entity and a need for control and discipline in the extreme. Why is it in the extreme? Because Saturn in this horoscope is conjunct, sitting right together with Pluto. So, okay, that's very interesting. What else is interesting? Mars, the energy of action, like the Mars in the U.S. horoscope, is square Neptune. That's going to idealize this notion of fairness in action. Maybe they're a little fanatical about it. Maybe they kind of give up a little bit. Maybe they don't know how, oh God, what's the use? Neptune operates in many ways. And we're already seeing Neptune operate in the fact that the Federal Trade Commission, what does that do? You don't even know what it does. Oh, it just it, it, the name is 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 confusing, and it's interesting that one of the things it's a couple of the things that it's focusing right now on it's deceptive practices. One of which is identity theft. That's one of the things that the little niche that the FTC has carved out for itself in present day. Here's what else is interesting about this horoscope: when we assess how effective something is going to be can be in getting its mission accomplished. We look to see what signs the planets are in because in traditional astrology, the language of astrology, some planets function better in some signs than others, and some planets function less effectively in other signs. And in the horoscope for the FTC, which Whitney is going, God, do they have any teeth? Do they get anything done? Why don't they get anything done? All right, well, 
The sun is in Libra. Not good. This Saturn is in Cancer. Not a happy place for Saturn. The energy for the for the point of what it is they're supposed to be doing. We're not this, saying that having a sun in Libra is a crap placement. It's no, just but this purpose. The point of what this what this thing is trying to do. It's going to impose all these controls on family business, maybe, or the business as a family. Maybe we see that as how businesses evolved to become sort of the patriarchal caretakers that they were in the fifties, and then things changed in the early eighties, which we're going to explain, you know, but, but at one point, you know, the, the, you know, you're, the, it was a, the, the business was fair. We treat our employees like family. Yeah. Cancer, well, let, me, let, me, let me stop you there. I mean, okay. Wait, you're going to make a, any other points about I, the- I, I want to, I want to talk about how many planets in this horoscope, like if you were going to pick a time to create an agency to do this, would you pick this time? If you wanted this agency to be effective no, the well, sun is in Libra. protecting people. Yeah, and protecting <laughs> people. The sun is in Libra. Saturn is in Cancer, which is challenged. Mars is in Libra, which is challenged. The energy of assertion is challenged in Libra. And Venus, and Venus, even Venus. though we don't, yeah, even though we don't know the exact time, the sun is is square the moon more or less. Venus, right, but so, we're which is use the, the people and the authority. New, but we're going to use the noon chart. Venus is in Scorpio, which is a very challenging place for Venus because it can't speak. Scorpio is a mute sign and and can be quite waspish in its need for control and a certain level of honor. And it is not well supported in this horoscope. It's not talking to the other planets in this horoscope. So where does it even go? And, And Venus represents money and values. And the moon is in Capricorn, which is another challenging placement for this moon. This moon is all about status and getting things done. So we have this chart for this organization that Whitney, before I even looked at this chart, is going, where are their dentures? Do they have anything interesting? The moon is in Capricorn opposing Saturn, which rules teeth. So (laughs) it's amazing that you would even bring this up. So we've got this super challenged chart. How is this ever going to get done what it needs to do? For the little guy. Well, yeah. How is it? And then add to that, that, you know, it's, it's operating in context of the U.S. Sibley chart, which had a big change in antitrust enforcement ethos because of the Pluto transits back at the beginning of the uh, Reagan administration. So, exactly. No, I, we- I, I want you to tell us about that, but I want to lay down the, the just the, the economic policy shift because that. Okay is reflected in the planetary patterns. It's so important to understand. So everything that you just described, which was, um, you know, there was this kind of positive patriarchy that went on in companies. You could stay at a company and have your healthcare needs met and you could have your, your pension paid and you could have a job. And, you know, companies didn't just fire you because they were, had a reason to. Um, they looked out for their people and, you know, whatever you want to say about patriarchy, there was there were some positive aspects to that. But then along came the 1980s and the Reagan administration and this new way of looking at uh, monopolies and big business. And, and it wasn't seen as bad. It was seen as, you know, laissez-faire. And we, we developed a new kind of economic perspective, which was called consumer welfare, which is a sham. Because what it does is it takes away the power of the citizen and it puts it Really, it, it, it flows power away from the citizen and to the corporation. And it stops thinking of you and having you think of yourself as a citizen. And you stop thinking about your rights in a democracy. And you start thinking of your rights primarily as a consumer in a marketplace. 
And democracy and capitalism, as we're seeing, are not synonymous. So what this does is this kind of sleight of hand where it starts to talk to you about your rights as a consumer, and you are going to have your welfare as a consumer protected, meaning we're just going to make sure that you always pay the lowest possible price for something. And the focus on price ever so slowly since these planetary patterns that you're going to tell us about in a second, around 1980, we've been seeing our quality of life eroded. Okay. So the planetary patterns in the eighties, if you're kind of hip to astrology, you, and you've been listening to us for a year, you know, we talked a lot about the U S Pluto return that three had three hits of that Pluto, which represents power and resources takes 248 years to go around a chart, a natal chart, a horoscope. And so last year, Pluto was sitting at 27 degrees of Capricorn, the very end of the sign almost, on the US Capricorn. And there was a lot of buzz about what that would mean in terms of power and resources. On the US Capricorn, you mean on the US Pluto? On the US Pluto, which is in Capricorn. Thank you, yes. Okay, so fortunately, because there are cycles, Pluto had made a challenging connection to the U.S. Pluto before. And so we can look back and see, well, what happened at those times? Because that's going to give us a hint as to what we can expect. So in the 1936 and 37, we had Pluto by transit, meaning that's where Pluto was in the mid-30s. It was opposing the U.S. Pluto in the U.S. In the, in the U.S. horoscope. And what we saw during that time was the empowerment of FDR, the president, and his new, new Deal policies, which made power and resources more available to ordinary Americans moving away from the concentration of wealth in corporate entities. And then in early, in the early eighties, Pluto was making another challenging connection to the U S Pluto. So we could anticipate a shift in the balance of who had the power and the resources. And there were some other patterns that I'm not going to really get into too much at that time, but suffice it to say that they activated the horoscope of the the Federal Trade Commission, and they activated the horoscope of the United States. And when Reagan defeated Jimmy Carter and came into power, power and resources started to move out of the hands of ordinary Americans Mm -hmm. and moving in the concentrated hands of the 1%. Am so I right I'm, on this? Oh, absolutely. Well, first okay. of all, thank you. I just You're welcome know that you just did that off the top of your head. That's so amazing. I did. I know. You're amazing. You're amazing, Elizabeth. So I'll pick it up from there and I'll explain that when that started to happen, the concentration of market power has ended up in the, you know, essentially the 1%. 75% of our economy is monopolized at this point. And, you know, that leads to the land of flowing milk and honey, peace and love. Whoops, sorry, wrong story. <laughs> what, it leads to, what it leads to is full-on erosion of our quality of life. And I would say it also leads to us feeling beaten down as we deal with this endless stream of monopoly-fueled crises, right? That we yeah. end up having to deal with the responsibility of cleaning up. 
but we don't have any authority in it because our rights as citizens have been diminished as corporations have gained in power. Okay. And our law enforcement that was supposed to stop that from happening was diminished, but things are starting to change. And that's what I was so excited about. And I was Mm -hmm. like, what is happening? The FTC is doing something, but let me give an example from, you know, the headlines about how this plays out. Okay. So back in 2021, right. um, The, the baby uh, formula shortage, that is a direct result of this kind of concentration of power. And the reason is because you had, we only have four suppliers of baby formula in the United States. We have a lot more babies. <laughs> if you do the, do the math on that yeah. and you do the ratio, there's a lot more babies than there are companies who are going out of the way to make sure that the babies have a, a safe supply of baby formula. And the reason for that is because there really hasn't been enough antitrust enforcement of the law that would have prevented the company that had to be shut down during that crisis because it had contaminated baby food. And the reason that it was one of only four is because we're talking about Abbott nutrition, which is Mm -hmm. part of Abbott labs, Mm -hmm. which is part of this mega pharmaceutical medical devices company. That is a multinational company. You know, do you think that your baby is their number one priority? Probably not. Probably not. But the reason that they were able to operate as long as they did, they actually had knowledge of the tainted formula, but they kept on churning it out is because there was nobody over really overseeing them. But finally, the Department of Health came in, closed them down. And then we had starving babies and anguished parents because we didn't have enough supply because so little power had been shared across a number of suppliers and makers of baby formula that if there was a problem in one area, it would be very easy to just pick up the slack in another. And the reason we didn't have that is because we have not had adequate law enforcement of this kind of activity. And why would they even want to be that big in the first place? That's a whole other discussion, but pretty much just it's laziness and power. They want the power to run the marketplace. They know babies want baby formula and they know they've got, you know, people that are going to buy what they have, but rather than innovate or, you know, make better deals with their suppliers, they buy the suppliers and they buy their competition. So it's really just laziness and it's a quick way to get power. So, and it's happening in the meat industry, the dairy industry, retail pharmacies, it's 75% of the economy. So, okay. So what we end up with is a highly compromised supply chain. And we end up with a labor force that is completely controlled by the corporations until recently. Okay. Because what's been happening is people are saying, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore <laughs> after the pandemic. It's like, I don't want to work really hard and not get paid for it. And, um, Another byproduct of this monopolization of all the resources in the United States is is that have you seen a lot of pay rises in your life? FTC chair Lena Khan has said, quote, you are not really free if you don't have the right to switch jobs or choose what you do with your labor. She is trying to return to this idea that you have rights as a citizen, not as a component of the marketplace that serves the corporate entity. And there are some, not surprisingly, there are some amazing ties to planets in her horoscope with a horoscope of the agency that she is heading. There is a faded connection. Yeah, it's amazing. There is a, it is so astonishing. Um, Her 
Venus is at four degrees of Pisces. That's what we call it. We just said it's a place in the sign Pisces. And her Venus is exactly conjunct her North Node, which is a faded publicity thing. So we could see how her idealistic values of compassion and empathy and identifying with ideals. We could see how, and they're revolutionary in a way, and they're, you know, embracing a more humanitarian, but practical. I mean, she's a, she is a businesswoman with feeling. She is a sun sign Pisces driven by a moon in Capricorn like the FTC. So there's a nice synchronicity there. Um, she's going to shake it up because her Uranus is sitting on the moon of the FTC's horoscope. So she's going to be a disruptor. In it by coming on board, but you can see the karmic connection of how her values represented by her Venus, who, how, and what she needs to love are so strongly connected to this, this faded quality of the, of the horoscope of the FTC and her Mercury, how she needs to think, which is in Aquarius, it's pretty isolated, kind of runs around, does its own thing. Um, is in a is in a con is makes contact with this very challenged Venus of the FTC horoscope. Her Mercury in Aquarius is square the FTC's Venus, and so how she needs to think, which is in a much more intellectual, detached, egalitarian way, is going to challenge the values as they have been espoused by the FTC up until this point, and how she needs to think. And how the FTC needs to express its values are both being activated this year by a disruptive lightning bolt energy of Uranus coming into contact with both of them. So finally, my point, and I do have one, finally, we see <laughs> that, you know, this entity under the leadership of Lena Khan may start actually getting some things done, which would please Lena Khan and the FTC, both of which have the moon in Capricorn. And just little things too, that I think are interesting is, is that this, if you want to make a comment, you listener on what the FTC is proposing to do by, by potentially banning all of these non-competes across the board, across the board. I'm going to leave the link in the show notes. But what's so fascinating to me about the timing is, is that you can leave your comments for the FTC to review and they will review them. I can tell you this is the government's function. They have to see what it is that you say. So if you go to the website and you enter what your comments are on this topic, they've got to read them and then they will make their ruling according to the persuasiveness of the majority of the, of the comments. Um, comments end on March 7th, when Saturn goes into Pisces. <laughs> so it's like Pisces, yeah, you're going to get a little bit of a watery foundation here. So, I mean, Saturn, it is showing if you, again, you know, if you want your schadenfreude, just be patient, right? Or if you want to see things change, just be patient because the cycle is turning and looking into the future. What I'm really seeing is, is that planetary patterns are suggesting that over the next couple of years, we're going to see these tensions rise between workers and employers. And especially, you know, we didn't talk about this, but especially with artificial intelligence coming into mm. the mix, we mm -hmm. are going to, and, and, you know, we've got Pluto coming into Aquarius. Mm -hmm. We're going to really start seeing some very interesting and probably surprising because of the aspects being made to Uranus in Taurus, which, you know, is status quo. We are going to be seeing some really interesting developments in the rights of workers. 
let's get back to the FTC and the horoscope and the astrology of what prompted this, this, you know, what, what we saw. So we've, we've established that the U S Pluto return necessitates a shift in who has what, and with Pluto at the end of Capricorn, it's, there's going to be an intensity in the matters of the government institutions and corporations. That's where we're likely to see the composting and the breakdown and the transformation. And in the horoscope of the FTC, we also see that transiting Pluto is activating the energy the FTC has to take action. However, you know, tippy-toey it needs to be because the FTC's energy of action is Mars in Libra. So it's going to try to be fair and not cause too much rabble rousing, but it's being activated. And so what was amazing is that Whitney, you're saying, look what I saw in the news about an action to make something fair for workers slash consumers slash citizens. And, and, in the, and in the horoscope of Lena Khan, she yeah. has two planets in Taurus that are being yep. aspected by Saturn right now. So her her energy of action and the energy of expansion may be tempered somewhat. But, you know, there may be more authoritarian or also more streamlined. But next year, in 2024, those planets are going to be receiving the energy of the, the disruptive energy of Uranus change, daring action, re- perhaps recklessness, groundbreaking things, or just breaking up things that we might expect to come from this agency. Which will be really fascinating. Which because is fascinating. It so, doesn't so, know what it wants. <laughs> well, it doesn't, well, it's challenged to define itself it's challenged to define itself and it's at a disadvantage. And we're talking about the horoscope of the FTC. Like if we were going to elect a time to create an entity that was supposed to go out there and issue some egalitarian controls. Um, I, I think we could have picked a, a more effective time to do that. That would have right. given, that would have given this entity, it would have equipped it with um, some more, um, you know, reliable, arrows in its quiver however you know and this gets very metaphysical does it actually have a chart that 100 years which is what it is now 100 years 150 years into the future makes it especially effective at what is needed at the time you know and we could do that we could actually eternal question yeah we could look we could we could advance things and take a look but not now right now not now not now we're gonna wrap things up all right so so we've just come through Sun trying Mars, Mercury trying Uranus. Now where we are at, what we're dealing with over the, this weekend, and we'll be seeing more headlines uh, reflecting these patterns. The Sun is square to Uranus, suggesting disruptions uh, in matters of leadership, revolutions, technology disruptions, network disruptions. Power went off at LAX yesterday powers out in Texas because of extremes and disruptive weather. We might even have some seismic activity as we approach the weekend because Uranus refers to seismic stuff. And we have a Venus Mars square. We don't have those very often. That's going to be on Saturday night. And that suggests tension between the, I I mean, men and women, although we, but just 
just in relationship there, you know, whatever is representing the yin versus whatever is representing the yang to the extent that there are things that are, that are binary, but I suppose even in non-binary rep relationships, you might still have some tension. Uh, that yeah, but that's not fully binary. That's, that's showing you the, the um, extreme capacity of a continuum. You can be a little of, you know, it's like, it's a continuum. It's always in motion, right? You're, you're moving from the yang to the yin and the yin to the yang. So it's in motion. It's not like you're this or you're that. That's binary. Time for some wrap, announcements. We're going to wrap some, things up here. Yeah. That. Some general mm -hmm. housekeeping, which is a joke for astrologers there. Um, Clean up time. <laughs> do, 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 we do, had do. some fan mail. We had a lot of fan mail. Thank you so much. But um, I'm going to ask Elizabeth to read. You got it, right? You pulled one of the. Oh, golly gee. <laughs> oh, gosh, golly gee. I got to I gotta pull it. I have to. We got the right. nicest. We got the nicest you email from that. Jane. Oh, my God. We got the nicest email from avid listener Jane. She's an intermediate astrologer and a retired media type. God bless her. We love her. Uh, a journalist. And, and she had a radio show. Oh, my gosh. My dream job. And she really enjoys us because she's a news junkie. I like how you meld the astrology with current events in a straightforward and funny way, which is very entertaining. Yay. And while neither of you hide your beliefs or opinions repolitics, you navigate nicely to explain the astrological color and vibe as to why things happen, why people behave the way they do, and then what should we look for as transits occur? Yay. Good job. So I have to say one aside that was not planned, but I'm going to say something about beliefs and opinions. A quick story about a former avid reader of my forecast she wanted to know what my politics were. It really bothered her. And she wanted to know, she had to know, what are your politics? What are your politics? And when she finally decided, I never told her because who cares? It doesn't matter. But when, 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 I, when she finally concluded that maybe I wasn't going to be voting for the same people she was going to vote for, she, she stopped reading, which is, it says more about her than it does about me because she knew the astrology was on point. Here's my politics. Don't be a dick. That's my politics. <laughs> That's it. Well, but I don't care is, if it's an R or a D. Just don't be an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Mean people suck. Exactly. Just, <laughs> just mean people suck. Those are my politics too. It's so much harder to be a democracy. It's so much harder to have to sit and listen to everybody. Oh my God. You just want to tell them, stop. I know what I'm doing. Just do it this way. It'll be great. The point of this show is to remind people that they don't have to control the universe and they don't have to control other people and they don't have to submit to being controlled, which is what the media is a part of. It's a control mechanism yes. being used by people who are seeking to control. If you are seeking control or submitting to control, freedom is a whole other world away. I, that's the reason why we do the show is to remind people you don't have to submit to being defined by your politics because your politics don't matter if you're living authentically. Off the charts, a stellar newscast is patron supported, and we have been at it for a year now, and we have seen our material support from patrons slowly increase, but steadily, so we appreciate that. And now that we are committed to doing this weekly, we are going to, as Elizabeth has reminded me, we need to drive a harder bargain. We're going to ask you to please support us materially. We're going to start stepping up the number of times that we remind you that we are listener supported. If you can't do it right now um, and you want to do it in the future, we will trust you on that. And we thank you. We thank you for staying a listener. Yes, money matters, but your trust that we're worth your time 
that matters too. Actually, it probably matters the most. So going into March, when Saturn goes into Pisces, until then, we are offering a deal where all annual subscriptions are 25% off. So that's through March 7th. I also just want to remind people that the, you know, Elizabeth and I know stuff. So <laughs> if you want to maybe hire us for being speakers for a corporate event or, you know, some kind of event that you're having, you could have us come in. Um, I will tell you firsthand, mad skills, mad skills. Elizabeth has them. She can do a PowerPoint like no one else I have ever seen. She can make the planets talk using PowerPoint. And make them dance. And she does. <laughs> and, and catch fire. and. <laughs> So um, if you are looking for some way to entertain, or if you want a non-traditional uh, way of explaining something that your business needs explained, and you have an audience of non-astrology people, we can, we can work with you. So just keep that in mind. Also, we are thinking about taking on sponsorships. So if you would like to reach our listeners, either on air with us or in the show notes, you should contact us because we would be very interested in speaking with you. I got to let folks know. You worked your butt off on this episode. I did too, but I really put you through your paces on this and you came through in spades. And the fact that you can do so much just off the top of your head, people really ought to understand you are an amazing astrologer. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm verklempt. I, I yeah. thank you so much. It's the truth. I appreciate that so much. If you are interested in reading the weekly forecast on which this podcast is based, go to graceastrology.com. That's graceastrology.com. And if you want to know what I have to say about things, you can go to ensold.substack.com. Thanks again, folks. We appreciate you being there. Bye. Bye.